Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com and John Martellero of the Mac Observer and The Street. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. The man himself is with us, the bearded one, Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. And before we get on, now I once had a mustache. I'm going to ask you because you're a bearded gentleman. I once had a mustache. For about a decade. And I woke up one day and I said, why am I doing this? Why am I having to put up with all this? I'll just shave it. And that was it. Now, you've got a pretty big beard last photo I saw. How do you do it? <laughs> I just don't touch it at all. Ah. Just go. You know? <laughs> don't do anything with it. Don't touch it. And it grows like crazy. I bet. Okay. Yeah. I've had it for years now. I'll have to think about it. The only thing is, with me, I'd look like a rabbi. Which I guess is okay. That's very That's okay. honorable. Yep. Rabbi Gene. <laughs> nice Jewish boy from Brooklyn. There you go. What can I tell you? Jim Dalrymple, let's talk about the stories that are repeated over and over again. And for some reason, they're corrected, but the correction doesn't quite make it. So, for example, if we go back to 1997, Microsoft puts in $150 million as an investment in Apple. Now, some people believe Apple would have gone out of business without that 150, but that's ridiculous. Well, how many ridiculous things go by in a week? Well, if you talk about political talk radio, I don't think this show is long enough to contain it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of crazy things that go on, isn't there? There is. You know, I, it's, it's kind of, it's almost hard to keep track of the silliness that goes on in, in the tech world these days. I mean, we try to, don't we? But can you, can you do it? I mean, there was a silly article in the New York times today, seven reasons not to buy an iPad. First of all, why does anyone care? If you don't like it, you don't buy it. Okay. What are the seven reasons? Well, the the reasons were first, it's no fun. What? Yep, it's no fun. Um, uh, seven reasons not to buy your child an iPad for Christmas. It's no fun. Uh, a tablet is something they should save for. I don't want to encourage more screen time. I don't want to encourage private screen time. It would be harder to limit access. Books are better. And Santa is 100% not licensed to produce iPads or any brand name electronic devices. You know what? I was just thinking about this. That's not really a reason not to buy an iPad. It might be a reason not to buy a child a tablet. Right. Under or, conditions, and I understand that. I get that. But it shouldn't be specific to an iPad. It doesn't matter if it's a $60 or $50 RCA tablet from Walmart. Same yeah, reason. It's, a, it's exactly right. But they put iPad in the headline, um, you know, to, to get page views. That's why they did it. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when you look at that and, and how general it is, you know, you almost expect 
uh, from reading the headline, uh, you know, the iPad's going to blow up and tear their head off or something, you know? Um, but when you look at how nonspecific the article is, it can be about any electronic device, including a TV. You know, it can be just about anything and put all those things to it and, and it would still work. That's that's terrible. And it's coming from from the New York Times. That's awful. Well, the number two reason, though, a tablet is something they should save for. So is the piece of logic here that you don't buy kids anything unless they save for it themselves? What if you have the money and you love your child and you want to be nice? Well, and then the other question is, why would they save for something that's no fun? <laughs> you know? uh, it, it's just such a ridiculous article. It's like, let's think of the stupidest headline we can come up with. Absolute stupidest. And now, let us fill it in with some information. Let's make something up. Well, it almost seems like, you know traffic's down we need uh we need a headline with ipad in it and why why you shouldn't use it and then they come up with this i i it's just i i expect more i mean personally i expect more from um from individual bloggers than something like that but when you start talking about the new york times wow that's pretty sad well, the New York Times has succumbed to the same problem that's impacted lots of other newspapers. They're trying desperately to get some hayway in the online world. Yeah. Circulation is down. This is the newspaper of record, and they're not selling as many copies as they used to. They've got actually a system online where you pay a monthly fee to get content. They've got the same deal going after like 10, 12 articles a month. They've got the same deal going as the Washington Post, the L.A. Times. As a matter of fact, the Wall Street Journal. You've yeah. got to subscribe to get the content, except for maybe a handful of articles. So this is what they're trying to do. So if you're going to pay for this stuff, my heavens, you've got to have some content that is going to get the hits, because the hits mean the advertisers will be excited. It doesn't make sense, though. Because it it, if they, it, makes, it no makes sense if they have a really good story. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, somebody uh, on Twitter today said they have a great book section and a great fashion section, but technology just doesn't, it just isn't there. And it's sad. It's sad. I mean, if that's the type of, um, of technology articles that the Times is going to write, I would suggest they just get out of the technology writing and leave it to others. Well, of course, we know that one of their key technology writers, David Pogue, an old friend of mine, old and dear friend of mine, getting older every second. But David is going to Yahoo. Mm. He left the New York Times. We see that Kara Swisher and Walt Mossberg are taking all things deep and rebranding it, and one of the companies who will be the predominant financier is NBC Universal. Yep. Big news. And, and you know, these are, uh, Kara and Walt um, often do have uh, big news stories, big scoops, Kara most especially. 
you know, and that the crew at, at all things D, uh, you know, I like those guys. I, I know one or two them. of them. Yeah. Sure. They're good. They're good people. Um, and, and I think, you know, Kara out of anybody probably has more scoops than, than most of the writers at the, at the journal and, and, uh, the New York times, the Washington post, you know, she's, she's good at what she does. Well, that's a big loss for them, but if the organization will continue as it is now, it doesn't matter. It's going to have a new name. Supposedly, most of the staff will leave News Corporation, which is the Wall Street Journal, and yeah. go with a new operation. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the big loss for, for All Things D is the name. You know, they, they built and worked hard to build that brand. And... um you know that 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 takes a lot of work and then to just lose it you know news corp gets to keep the the brand and all the work that they did but you know unless news corp fills all things d with um with great reporters that can continue that on uh they might as well have just sold the brand we've got jim dalrymple of the loop joining gene steinberg on the tech night out live Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power? Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, buying them another sweater, game, or other holiday gift they didn't need was nice. But this season, why not take the easy road, the safer road, and the smarter road? Get those you love something they do need. Give the gift of preparedness with Freeze-Dry Guy gift cards. 
Since 1970, the veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy has been your trusted source for emergency preparedness with easy-to-make, delicious freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods. These long-lasting foods are lifesavers, which come with added comfort, confidence, and convenience, perfect for any power outage, natural disaster, political crisis, or emergency at home, such as job loss or illness. Call Freeze-Dry Guy now at 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD or log on to freezedryguy.com. You can't predict what's going to happen to your loved ones, but when it does, you can have them ready with gift cards from freezedryguy.com. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <coughs> but don't worry. Herbalhealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain. Normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Herbalhealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. A little later on, we'll hear from John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, who, by the way, is also writing for The Street now. Fascinating. We'll hear more about that. We've got Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com joining us right now. And we were talking about the fact that the New York Times has, as they say, jumped the shark. Mm. I'm going to ask you a question, a really stupid trivia question, Jim. Do you know how the phrase jump the shark started? Oh, it came from a movie, didn't it? No. It came from Happy Days. Happy Days, right. right. Where, literally speaking, Fonzie, Henry Winkler, jumped a shark. Yeah. This was in the final years of the show. Right. Literally, that was the dumbest thing they could have done. And it shows that a TV program has lost its creativity maybe lost a few of their key actors but they want to keep it going it's kind of like archie bunker's place all in the family died you know all the stars left rob reiner to become a major motion picture director of course he directed a few good men and that famous line from jack nicholson you can't handle the truth that was directed by rob reiner okay so Jumping the shark. So maybe now the New York Times in its tech coverage without someone like David Pogue has jumped the shark. You know, speaking of stupid stories, it was one the other day suggesting that because of the competition from Google and Facebook, I bet you heard this, Jim, because of the competition from Google and Facebook, 
Someday, five or ten years hence, Microsoft and Apple would either sign a very close partnership, not like what they have now where their frenemies compete in one area and cooperate in others, very close partnership or merge. Is that as stupid as the seven deadly reasons why not to buy an iPad Air? Pretty much. <laughs> you know, I, that's not something Apple would do. Why, why would they do that? There's no benefit in it for them. And Microsoft doesn't have anything that Apple wants. I, I, I couldn't imagine why they would even think about that. You kind of think that, once again, someone wants to get hits. Oh, yeah. And they come up with a dumb story. Yep. And, and you know, you, you really do have to wonder where they're, where they're coming up with with any of this stuff i mean you can't reasonably think from beginning to end of that hypothesis and say that this is going to happen because there's just there's nothing behind it you know there there's not even there's no believability there not for me anyway well there was another story too this week pointing out how all these tablets now that supposedly compete with the ipad are so much cheaper so therefore apple needs to compete therefore should lower the price of the ipad and give up all the profits right yeah there's a great idea let's sell a product let's basically use all our creative energy spend years building something make sure it's perfect but you don't need to make a profit it it really is amazing, you know, that Apple, I think Apple charges a reasonable price for, for their stuff. Uh, I, I just went out and bought one of those time capsules, one of the new time capsules. Right. Um, wonderful thing. I, I think it was you know, like 400 bucks or something that it cost me, but uh, it's a three terabyte unit. So I have backups and I have Wi-Fi, and I have all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's wonderful. I could have gone and, you know, bought another type or another router and plugged a hard drive into it. And I could have done all this stuff, but this stuff, it just works. Everything just works. That's what I want. I don't want to, um, you know, be wondering how I'm going to get it all going. And, you know, that's, that's what Apple has going for it. That's why I don't know why people would think that they would partner with microsoft microsoft doesn't have a phone business they don't have a tablet that works um they have an operating system that everybody hates Uh, they have office but you know even people have been trying to get away from that for years i don't know about you but i don't use office anymore um you know and i understand why some people have to on the mac and windows but the the days of of corporations buying into Microsoft 100% are i think those are going away it's it's just like the days of companies buying into rim for their security are going away they're going away quickly well with blackberry there's very little left microsoft is still making pretty decent profits however windows phone isn't doing badly, but I kind of suspect the sales increase is very much at the expense of BlackBerry. So they're running out of possibilities. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. When you know, when you're taking market share away from a company like BlackBerry, and it doesn't have any more market share, what do you do then? You know, I I don't know that Windows Phone is strong enough to be able to take share away from Android or iOS, and that's a big problem for them. And it's something they have to consider even more so because they dumped money into buying the handset division of Nokia. Yes. I still can't fathom that because Nokia was already the premier manufacturer of Windows Phone gadgets. So what sense does it make having it under their roof? Except that it was cheap, of course. Well, yeah, it was cheap. And maybe Microsoft wasn't happy with the way that Nokia was doing things. Maybe Nokia wasn't happy with the way that Microsoft was doing things. You know, it could very well be that this whole thing was was planned from the very beginning. So basically, when Microsoft's Stephen Elop joined Nokia, and Nokia immediately embraces Windows Phone, the long-range plan was to hope that Nokia would be in a position for Microsoft to acquire it, so therefore he sabotaged the company? You never know. You know, that's so dirty, I would think here that that could be a major source of lawsuits. I would think anyone losing their job at Nokia, seeing how this played out, would call a class action attorney, sign up a few people, and sue Microsoft for something. You know, Nokia did have some early uh, smartphone-type phones, but uh, Nokia's lead in the in the whole worldwide telephone market, and they were the leader uh, for a long time, was all feature phones. So, you know, the old uh, dumb phones, flip phones that didn't really do anything uh, besides make a phone call. Um, and I had, I had plenty of those phones, and they worked great, but, you know, that's not where the world is going. And Nokia was very slow to, to embrace the, the whole smartphone trend. We have another trend to embrace. With Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? 
Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because I continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinside.com, talking about the lame excuses for journalism from some aspects of the media about Microsoft's situation. And there's a piece you have over there at the loop, and I bet you know what I'm going to be talking about. Here. <laughs> Steve Ballmer's philosophy. How yes. do you make money? And you know, one thing we forget, where did Ballmer work before he went to Microsoft? Procter and Gamble. So from selling detergent, he went to say, how do you make money? How do you make money? How do you make money? It's almost like, remember when he was once quoted as saying, developers, developers, developers. Yep. 
So maybe he only says things three times. It's like <laughs> it's like you snap your shoes together three times and you go home. You, you know, I I picked out that particular quote from Balmer's interview because it it really stood out to me in how the philosophies of Apple and Microsoft are different. Because Ballmer said his job is to ask, how do you make money? And he does things and he makes decisions based on that. Well, Apple's philosophy is how do we make the best product? And there's a, there's a big difference in, in those philosophies, but the end result, both companies want the same thing. So Apple expects if they make the best product available, they will make money because people will buy the product. I mean, Apple doesn't want to make great products and have nobody buy them. So the end result should still be the same. The difference is that intermediary step where you're actually developing and making the product. Bulmer is, is thinking about the bottom line and can we make something cheaper uh, and therefore get more profit while Apple is thinking, can we make something better and get more profit? And Apple has proven over the last you know, 15 or 20 years that their way is better. And well, in the mobile yeah. space, the biggest competitor to Apple is Samsung. And Samsung's philosophy is build as many models as possible, throw the darts against the wall and hope a few are going to catch their target. Yeah, I would say that Samsung's philosophy is more uh, consumer confusion than anything else. You know, they just keep building stuff and they see what what people like out there in the market and they copy it and throw as many of them out there as they can and confuse people about what to buy and hope that works in the case of the galaxy series i've lost track we have the s4 the s4 mini the s4 whatever we have the galaxy note that's available in different ways and i can't even begin to recite what they are without a cheat sheet it's kind of like what apple did in the old days of the performer the Performa came out in the mid-90s, designed to be a consumer-level personal computer. But it was a mess. I had one of those. I know of a few. Yeah. I encountered some. I never owned one. Yeah, that was quite a mess, but, you know, I guess it started me off on the path anyway. Now, Samsung. Well, we want to talk about them because they lost a patent lawsuit in South Korea. And you think yeah. they must own part of South Korea. How did they get away with not winning? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty bad. I, I, I don't understand. But, you know, they wanted to ban older uh, iPhones or iOS devices, really. But the court said no. Uh, so that's, that's a pretty significant thing. Uh, and, you know, like you said, Samsung is, is huge in, in South Korea, so... Yeah, so you think that, I guess, they couldn't buy off enough politicians. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you a silly question here. This is out of the blue, but something else you have over the loop. So tell me, Jim Dalrymple, what is the proper way to wrap a Mac power cable? What am I talking about? I, I've never wrapped one like that. Explain to our listeners what we mean here. Well, uh, in, in a Mac power cable for a MacBook, 
there, there's two prongs that come out of the, the, the brick and you wrap the small end around the prong. Well, that still leaves the big end, you know, with the big cable that plugs into the wall kind of dangling there. What this guy did is wrap the big end around the, in between the prongs that come out and then wrap the, the, the small end around the prong. So it basically locks it up. It, it was, it was kind of cool. I, I, I liked it. I, I liked what he did. I'd never seen it before. Well, I guess you have an interesting product. People will always find inventive ways to do something. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, you don't need to buy those $500 line conditioners. You ever see those? I did. Ah, especially someone like you, you're involved in sound or recording and you have these power conditioners and you have these special power cords and you have these special audio and video cables. And the theory goes that if you spend a lot of money, you will magically get properties that can't be measured or do not operate under the laws of physics and you hear or you see differences. I, I don't have any power conditioners myself. And you shouldn't. Because I would lose my respect for you. (laughs) Now the dogs are barking in this neighborhood because they don't believe in power conditioners either. There you go. Right. They're debating it right now. You have three dogs across the way here debating this. Let's debate a few more issues before we let you go. Apple TV. The Mm. Apple TV set or the mythical Apple TV set. So when Steve Jobs had found this magical greatest interface ever, The assumption was that Apple was poised to build a TV set. The last time Apple TV got a hardware update, the set-top box, was 2012, the 1080p. Since then, more and more channels are being added, including Watch, ABC, Bloomberg, lots of channels. No change in the product. What's going on? Well, that's a good question. What is going on? I mean, it, they just seem to be, uh, to just keep going along the path that they are, you know, there's, what was it yesterday? Yeah. We got those, uh, those new stations, but we're not seeing any major upgrades, but right now, I mean, if Apple is coming up with something bigger, we, we have to assume that there's going to be new hardware involved. I would think so. Wouldn't you? I would think very soon something ought to be happening. But then it hasn't. So we assume now it's too late in 2013, obviously, for something new. A product of this sort, unless it gets just a modest update, would not appear until the fall because you want to have it before the holiday season, right? Yeah. And I, you know, the people that were were saying that this was going to happen. I, I don't think knew what they were saying. I, I never really expected anything this year. Um, you know, next year may even be pushing it. It depends on where they are with this. Um, and we don't even know what their, what their plans are. You know, they could have huge plans and they they've been working on well i think we know that they've been working on it for years uh, because even steve talked about it so that's at least two years ago uh so you know add another year onto that and i i dare say they've probably been working on it for five years at the at the least 
you know? So who knows when they'll be able to come out with it. They started working on the iPad in 2002, 2003. And they'd forked off into the iPhone, as I recall. They, they shelved the iPad and started working on the iPhone, released it in 2007. And, and now we the- have to do this break. Or we're not going to make it till 2014. <laughs> Jim Dalrymple of The Loop joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com American gardeners and fellow patriots, make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, taxhelponline.com. That's taxhelponline.com. 
Many Americans suffer from poor digestion, which can adversely affect their health. For you guys who have digestive issues, glutathione is amazingly important for inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, stomach cancer. The glands of the stomach produce lots of glutathione. So glutathione's got multiple roles to play, and one of the best ways to upregulate to make more glutathione is to take the building blocks, glycine being one of the most important of the building blocks for making glutathione. Your ultimate enzymes contain something called trimethylglycine. We know it as betaine. We talk about betaine as an important ingredient for acidification, for keeping the pH of the stomach nice and low. But betaine can also help you make glutathione. Help your body build glutathione. Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470. Or on the web at brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. Order today. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Owl live. And the thing I guess you could see is With other companies, they get an idea for a product and they release it the next day. And they hope that over 10 years they'll perfect it. But Apple doesn't play that game. So we have, for example, so-called smartwatches. You have the Pebble, which is, I guess, the major product. It's like $150 or so. And it's an accessory. It's not a standalone device. It's an accessory for an iOS or an Android device. It uses Bluetooth to mate. The problem with such a thing is if you forget to take your smartphone, whoops, what does it do? Then we had Samsung's Galaxy Gear smartwatch, which was more than twice as much, had worse battery life, and only worked with a few devices. This is kind of like what happened before the iPod arrived. Before the iPod arrived, we had some digital music players, but they were all very difficult to use. They didn't sell well. They were just really messy to deal with, especially the software, which was virtually non-existent. And I reviewed some of the products. And the iPod came around. It was easy to use. So I assume here, if there's going to be an iWatch, Apple will solve the problems of existing smartwatches. Do you like the, the Galaxy Gear? I have never tried one. I read the review and I said, why do I want this? Now, understand I do have a watch, a standard, ordinary guest watch. Have you tried it? haven't tried it. Uh, It doesn't interest me. And I wore a watch uh, probably up until I got my BlackBerry. So that would have been about 2004, 2005, around 2005, I think. And I, I just, I, I, I didn't need a watch anymore, you know, so I stopped using a watch. And then, of course, the iPhone, I never used a watch again. But this whole talk about Samsung and its smartwatch, um, I, I think it's just, it's silly because it doesn't actually do anything. How oh, is, smart it, is it if it only works with a handful of devices? Well, and it doesn't, a smart device should eliminate 
other devices or should it eliminate some pain points in what you're doing? I don't see that the smartwatch does that. All it does is communicate with your phone. Well, so what? I mean, if it's on my wrist and my wrist is near my pocket, why don't I just pull out the phone? <laughs> you know? It's just an, uh, because if you look at your watch and think, oh, geez, I should do something with that. And then you have to pull out your phone anyway. It's an intermediary step for something that you already do that really is it going to save you anything. I don't think so. Well, it doesn't mean there's no purpose for a smartwatch. But as you said, it has to be smart. If there's going to be a smartwatch, I think the first factor is that it has to absolutely has to work by itself well it has to work by itself but it has to communicate smartly with other devices to to be able to interact with them my my problem with the the smartwatch is the way that samsung implemented it is like you said it's just it, it's a few a few models that it'll work with and, you know, it's got a camera on it that I, 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 I don't know. It makes no sense to me why somebody would, would want that. And judging by the, the sales numbers that we heard a little while ago, I'm not alone. Other people can't, don't seem to get it either. All right. So if Apple produces an iWatch, what do you think it'll be? Well, I, I think, you know, for... I wouldn't even call it a watch um, for a wearable device to be able to work. I think that you have to expect some Apple magic. And, you know, if, if you think about all of the things that we do every day and all of the devices that we, we touch and communicate with in, in one way or another, it doesn't have to be, you know, the phone. It doesn't even have to be in our house, but it could be in the living room or, uh, you know, the, the home recording studio, or it could be in the kitchen. It, it could be the car or, you know, with iBeacons shopping, we want something that is going to be able to help us in some way. And that's what I expect from Apple. Well, I certainly think if you can make phone calls on it, you'd get a Bluetooth headset because it's not going to be like Dick Tracy where you take the watch and stick it up before your face. Right. I mean, you know, Dick Tracy stuff was pretty cool. Actually, Dick Tracy's watch is still cooler than what Samsung put in. But Dick Tracy's watch had a video phone. That's and that right. was from 1935. Dick Tracy was awesome. but. You know, uh, what can we expect in the, fu the future? I mean, the, with the technologies that are being developed every day, the future is going to be, you know, a great place. I just, I think that, that Samsung's move to put out the Galaxy Gear smartwatch was a move in being first and not being necessarily right. And that's, that's a, I think that's the wrong way to go. Okay, you were first, so what? Well, the problem, of course, there is if you're first and the product is bad, what do you do for a second act? Well, 
what they're going to do is is wait and see what Apple puts out and then copy that. That's what they did with the iPhone and the iPad. As a matter of fact, with almost every product they have. Indeed, yeah. I mean, when it comes to TV sets, what have they brought into the arena? Now, this doesn't mean Samsung TV sets are bad. They have to make well-reviewed products. Right. But where's the innovation? What is different? I'm not talking about some kind of silly buzzword or feature with a trademark. What is really different? Of a Samsung compared to an LG, compared to a Panasonic, compared to a Vizio? I don't think there is any difference. Certainly not. I mean, how when when Apple first sued Samsung for patent infringement, people were defending Samsung and saying, no, they didn't steal. But then Samsung went to court recently and admitted that they did steal. So what do those people say now that defended Samsung? Even Samsung admits that they stole. Oh, it's too bad. We stole. So what? Yeah, we don't owe 300 million. We only owe 50 million. That was silly. Yeah. You know, Samsung, you know, I'm not feeling the love for Samsung after all this. It's one thing where a company wants to imitate somebody else's product, which is common. Let's face it. What is Windows all about? But when they do it, and they say, sure, we did it, but that's okay. Maybe we infringe on some patents. That's okay. Well, I, I think what, what people look at, when, when you see a, a product come out, no matter what it is, I mean, speakers or a guitar or, uh, you know, doesn't matter. Generally, they all do the same type of thing. You know, a, a guitar, you put strings on and you're able to make music. Well, there are different shapes to guitars. There are innovations in in necks and electronics. And, you know, they've taken one idea and continued to, to try and make it better for the user. And speakers are the same way. And any product that you can mention is basically the same way. Where uh, companies get into trouble is when they try and make a guitar that looks exactly the same as the other. So if Gibson all of a sudden started making a Fender uh, guitar, a Fender would, would have a hard time with that. They would sue them. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. Uh, and, and the other way around. And that's, that's what happens when, when you get all these copycats. And typically the copycat is, is a cheaper product so that people um, either think or can pretend that they have the real thing. Uh, and it doesn't last as long. It's, it's not well made. And, you know, ultimately it's the consumers that end up with a bad, bad product. He never produces a bad product. He's Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at LoopInsight.com. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com joining us. We've got lots more to cover in the next few segments. We were talking about Samsung imitating and Apple innovating. And the critics, of course, want Apple to race to the bottom. Let's move to another thing here. Story from the CEO of AT&T says, we can't do anymore this deal where you go in there, we give you a free phone, and you pay for it over two years with a two-year contract. That's not affordable. But then what they're doing is, I suppose, is have you physically say, all right, here's a down payment. I'll pay for the phone over 24 months. But isn't that a distinction without a difference? Doesn't the price you pay for your wireless contract factor in the subsidy? Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, there's just there's all kinds of funny things going on uh, with that stuff. I mean, these carriers, you know, they're they're kind of funny because they it seems that they look for ways to to stick it to the average person. You know, first it was like text messaging and stuff. And then, you know, of course, BlackBerry had their service and then Apple has theirs uh, with iMessage where you can text for free with other people that have the same device. And, you know, the carriers must have lost a ton of money in texting because now you don't even really need an account for, 
for texting. You know, you remember when you used to buy extra to make sure that you could send out your whatever text you were going to use. You you had to to make sure that you had those extra uh, uh, bytes or kilobytes on on your plan. And the uh, truth is that texting uses very very little bandwidth. They could yeah. just give it away. It doesn't cost them anything. It's a cash cow. So, for example, for a number of years over at AT&T, I had an unlimited texting plan because my son did lots of texting when he still lived with us for $30 a month. I complained, said, you know, this is crazy. Maybe I'll go to Sprint or something. And they said, we'll make it $20 a month. It sounds like the car dealer. You know, the car dealer says you can't afford $79.95. We'll make it. Of course, with the car, you know, the average price of a car is what, $25,000 or $30,000. So the monthly payment has to be three, four, or $500, depending on your interest rate. But the same thing. What can you afford a month? We'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So what is AT&T trying to do? I'm trying to understand this because basically all T-Mobile did, and if you live in other parts of the world, maybe this is inscrutable to you if you're cell phone carrier doesn't do subsidies but the way it worked with t-mobile is they separated the charges you pay for the service regardless of what phone you have and then you buy the phone out on time you don't have to pay the 650 up front for your iphone you divide it into 20 or 24 payments you put something down and you pay it out no big deal yep that almost makes sense but you see the way they've got it now is you agree to the plan Then you buy the subsidized phone, and what's happening is even when the phone is theoretically paid for after a year and a half, two years, you pay the same amount. It's like having to pay those monthly payments forever. Yeah, and you have to think, if the carriers are behind a new type of billing system or a new type of plan, it's got to be better for them. You know, one way or another, it's got to be making more money for them. Either they don't have to pay stuff up front and wait for two years to get it back or, you know, whatever it is. Well, if you agree to a time payment plan, so say, for example, you get yourself a new iPhone 5S, you pay $199 up front, and then you pay it out, whatever it is, you divide it up over 24 months. They're not carrying that paper don't they go to banks and get advances on that you know we're carrying 40 billion dollars in loans and the bank will finance it yeah but it's still financed there's all kinds of ways i think that they can come up with to to get us but i think people are getting smarter now people are realizing that hey wait a minute i don't necessarily need a, a plan for texting That's not a necessity for me anymore because I have an iPhone and I have iMessage and 99% of the people I text have iMessage. And that's, that's the situation that I'm in. I have one friend in New Jersey that doesn't have an iPhone. So when he texts me, it's an actual text. Other than that, everybody is on iMessage. Okay. There you go. I have somebody on Sprint. And for some reason, anytime I try to text him from my iPhone, which would go through the normal texting network, he has, you know, a Samsung phone or something, the number is always rejected. Hmm. Isn't that screwy? Maybe it's just Sprint. I don't know. So what do you think is the ideal smartphone plan? I think just paying out, if you can't pay it up at once, 
you put it on your credit card, so you're making your monthly payments anyway, or you agree to their time payment plan, which usually carries no interest, and that's it, and you pay for your smartphone package, your wireless plan with data and minutes separately. I don't see a problem with that. I think the combination is where it got screwy. Yeah, that could be. That could very well be. So what is your ideal plan? What do you think it should be? Wow, that's a good question. I don't know what my ideal plan is. Um, What do you have in Canada? Now, you live in Nova Scotia, as many of our listeners know. And therefore, he's not carrying service with an American company, are you? I am. You are? I have an AT&T account. How do you work that being in another country? Uh, Oh, I've had this account for... Oh, since nine, uh, since 2000, maybe. Yes, but how so, does it work? Well, I just roam when I'm here. Okay. So that can be expensive. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to do that all the time. So, yeah, I'm in a different situation than most. But up in, in Canada, we have uh, Rogers and Bell uh tell us you know and, and those are those are you know like at&t verizon sprint you know the same type of of uh of companies i think that canadian carriers they they rip off people here much more than what they do in the u.s because you know you guys will will stand up and scream and and not let them get away with it whereas here uh, they do let them get away with it. How so? How do they rip off more people in Canada? Well, they charge a lot more for lower plans. Um, and, you know, I, I think Canadians, when they when they look at what the American companies offer and see how much we're being charged, they realize that, wow, you know, these companies are ripping us off. And it's no secret. And the service up here uh, from the companies themselves uh, is really terrible. Really, really terrible. Uh, Both from a customer service standpoint and, um, you know, actual service of of the the wireless signal is terrible. So, yeah. Canada and wireless, awful. (laughs) Hmm. That's important to know. It really is. So, the other thing here, and this is something that has nothing to do with technology, or maybe it does in part. I heard now there's a move to eliminate direct door-to-door delivery of mail in Canada in the larger cities. Now, a lot of the people, what they do is they have community mailboxes, as I take it where you walk a little bit and there's this one big box where they stuff all the mail in for a number of people. And that's not in a lot of neighborhoods. I used to live in a place like that here in the United States, in Scottsdale, where you have this central mailbox with maybe 24 or 48 residences. The mail carrier would deliver the mail to that central place, and that was it. And then he went to another place. He didn't have to go to every home. Where I live Literally. now, they do. Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinside.com. One more segment with him on the Tech Night Out Live. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power? Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, 
has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order Heart and Body Extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With Jim Dalrymple of the Loop with Loop Insight.com, we were talking about the crazy cellular plans, USA versus Canada, and I was just mentioning in passing the movement in Canada to eliminate door-to-door delivery of mail. Now, when it comes to the United States or in rural areas, you can't do that because... No. You know, you can't expect the person... Well, maybe you can. You know, sometimes people just drive into town to get their mail. They live in a small town. That's not unusual. Is no, it? and there there are places um, where, uh, for instance, my my grandmother, uh, they have a post office where they go pick up their their mail. You know, with postal boxes and stuff. So it's not unheard of for something like that. But those uh, those types of things are not the um, not the people that they're talking about. I get home delivery of my mail right now um but at the end of my my street my street used to be a a dead end but they built on a few years ago and made an entirely new neighborhood um you know out of the woods and all of those people have to go to a box to get their mail but you know four houses away is me and i get home delivery so yeah they're talking about cutting that out um by but 2015 i think it said or in the next five years maybe so you know it's going to eliminate eight thousand jobs but they said it'll save billions of dollars um so we'll see where where it goes so it doesn't matter if people are going to be unemployed we're going to save money well apparently that's the way it always works doesn't matter what these people are doing who they are the fact that they have families to field they lose their jobs okay big deal but also part of the thing here of course is we don't rely on physical mail nearly as much it's email it's online contact so the amount of business mail carriers are doing is less so you have to figure out a way to cover the deficits yeah and when you look at um some of the 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 problems that they have with that because a lot of times i mean mail now is is a lot of flyers and junk i don't even need that you know don't don't even send it to me but you know that's what you end up getting or things like car license plates yeah. <laughs> you want a license plate for your car you know a physical plate has to be shipped and usually it's by postal mail sometimes you might get one by UPS, depending on where you live or the car dealer. Sometimes the car dealer just sends out the plate by mail or has it sent out by the state. Sometimes they do use UPS. I remember once, I, twice I leased an expensive car when I actually had money. 
I remember those days. <laughs> and they'd overnight it to me by UPS or something. But more and more, you don't need it. No. You don't need physical mail. It's kind of sad. It's one of those professions that went away. It's like traditional typesetting. Yeah. Before the Mac took over, I got to blame the Mac for putting me out of business. <laughs> I was working for a pre-press outfit. We used photo typesetting computers. The Mac came along in 1984. Within a few years, that business went away. You still had graphic artists who would do services for the industry. Or they run high-resolution output devices. But traditional typesetting, it went away. The question here is, and this is almost takes us full circle. So back at the beginning, we were talking about the silly rumor that someday, because of Google and Facebook, which really compete more with each other than with, you know, Apple or Microsoft, except in terms of platforms as opposed to hardware, where only, you know, that's confusing. Anyway, we had this discussion then about whether Apple and Microsoft, therefore, must be closely partnered or merge. But if we're looking to the future five, ten years from now, who are going to be the big companies? What's going to happen with the industry? Will we still have iPhones and iPads or something altogether different or better going to take over? Will some startup in a garage take over? What's the long-range outlook? What do you see? Well... I think that we, we always expect that there's going to be something bigger and better to take over. The question is, who's going to make it? At this point, because of, of recent history, and recent, I mean, you know, the last uh, uh, decade or so, uh, we expect Apple to do it. You know, we're kind of waiting to see what that next big thing would be. I, I don't think that the average person has the foresight to be able to to try and figure out what we're going to do. I don't. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just an average guy. I can't say where we're going to be in, in five years, but I think that the people at some of these other companies and not just Apple, I mean, Apple has purchased some companies that have had great foresight and made some, some great technologies. Those are the people that as average users, we're relying on to come up with these solutions for problems that we don't even know we have. Right now, we can't even think of what we're going to do five no. or ten years from now. Think about 2000, <laughs> going into 2000. We thought the world was going to crash, Y2K. Right. You and know, a lot of companies ripped off everybody with that. Yes, yes, they did. But we expected that, you know, the world could come to an end when the clock struck midnight. And the power grids would go down, banking wouldn't work, and, you know, there'd be no food, and it struck midnight, and we continued on. But they even had a few movies about what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. The turnover. I suspect they did the same thing in 1899. What's going to happen in 1900? Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we make a profit from it? Yeah, everybody's looking for a profit, but we'll see what happens. So the product we can't conceive of, the company that we don't know about. Although I guess part of it is that it is so complicated to produce something new and revolutionary, it's very difficult for the two-person startup in the garage, like Apple once was, to come up with that product. Well, maybe. It seems a lot easier for startups to get money these days. I mean, you know, I, I get those uh, emails and press releases the same as you that, that say, you know, hey, we raised $50 million. <laughs> wow. Must be nice. Wow, I am in the wrong business. Yeah, apparently you me know, too. Maybe I should do a campaign and 
start to build something, what can I build? Of course, in the old days, before we had the dot-com bubble burst, you know, people would come up with anything. It's yep. going to be anything.com. We'll give you a billion dollars for it. Oh, okay. That sounds like fun. Yep. Didn't work. No. But we missed out quite a bit. Just think about that. You know, mm. so many products that just went by the wayside, or now they're just being sold by Amazon, which, by the yeah. way, makes very little profit. Yes. Still. I don't even want to get into that. Maybe I will with our next guest. We'll see. Jim Dalrymple, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me on Twitter at uh, jdalrymple and at loopinsight.com. Anything fascinating coming up on the loop that we've got to know about now? No, not really. Just keeping on covering the news and covering the people in the media who just don't get it. You got it. Call them on it. Yeah, every day. Jim Dalrymple, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks a lot, Gene. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter 
matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <laughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain. Normally $26.95, now just $20. HerbalHealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu-fighting products. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com and now the street. Ah, you've made the mainstream. It was my friend uh, Rocco Pendola. He was reading my stuff at the Mac Observer, and he said, hey, John, why don't you come over and write for us, too? So I added them in once a week. It's fun. Rocco's cool. Rocco is cool. We'll have to have, have him on the show, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Tell Rocco to contact me. All right. Let's talk about one of the wildest stories of the week. You know, a lot of crazy things go on there, and we mentioned it earlier with our session with Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. And that is, one guy said that in five or ten years, because of the competition from Google and Android, of course, and Facebook, it would be inevitable, I guess, for Microsoft and Apple to have some sort of close association or merge. Now, I always thought when there are mergers, there's supposed to be synergies. This is well, it, oil and water is an understatement. You, yeah, I could talk for a long time about that, but the, you know what came into my mind first First off on that? Is when I was with Lockheed Martin, I was doing a lot of Perl. I was writing several hundred or a thousand lines of Perl a day. And I got to know Perl really well. And there is this... By the way, this is because he's married. This is not Perl the girl. This is Perl, a scripting language. As a matter of fact, our mailing list software for the Tech Night Owl newsletter is done in Perl. And she hates it. No, what? <laughs> and and in, in Perl, when you get deep into it, you learn this concept of baby talk Perl. There's plain oh, Jane syntax, <laughs> oh, which please. is just the normal everyday <laughs> Perl you learn the first year. And then when you get really into Perl, you know, you learn all the ins and outs and how to do things very powerfully and very compactly. You're sure this and, is not a girl? Yeah, I'm sure. So, 
So my first thought, so, so baby talk, baby talk Pearl is just the simplest thing you can write in the language that gets the job done. And my, my reaction to this writer Fitzgerald was he's doing baby talk analysis of Apple. <laughs> and that's the most polite thing I can say. Um, there are so many considerations and there is so much history and we know so much about apple and the companies that they want to buy and why and and how there have been there has been this endless parade through the years of of apple of companies that apple should merge with you know at first it was oh they need to seize control of the network so said they should merge with comcast and now comcast i believe owns nbc is that right nbc universal yeah so that's essentially it most of apple it. could seize control of one of the content managers uh, or apple should buy this company or merge with that company based on some off the cuff whim and of course we know apple doesn't do that there would be unbelievable cultural clashes um, there would be a conflict between their operating systems. There'd be conflict between managers and, and, and Apple's v- legacy vision built up by Steve Jobs. Often when, when companies think they're a lot alike, they still have culture clashes within the company. This would be the most monumental culture clash of all time. And, and, and moreover, Apple doesn't, forgive me, all you Microsoft fans out there, but Considering what app what Microsoft has been doing lately with the Surface tablet, I'll put this as kindly as I can. Apple doesn't merge with losers. All right. App Apple only buys technology. And Apple itself is a winner and is moving forward briskly into the post-PC era with the iPad, and there's no reason to look back. If anything, if Microsoft was doomed, let them die. Yeah, I I uh, I think I think Microsoft still doesn't have its head around the the tablet era. Um, I'm hoping that uh, a new CEO and um, a new vision for mobility will get Microsoft straightened out. But it's uh, it's a serious serious challenge. It won't be Alan Mulally. No, Ford. he says he's not going to do it. If it was Stephen Elop. I think the stock price would go down about 10 points because look what he did for Nokia. Oh, that's right. Not very much because they're selling off the Nokia handset division for chump change to Microsoft. What I find interesting is when Steve Jobs was alive and they were sizing up the competition, I think Steve Jobs had a really good understanding of the basic weaknesses of Nokia and and RIM BlackBerry. And how he came to that must be a fascinating story. But the, the way I see the evolution of the iPhone is not necessarily a light bulb going on and technical innovation. I, I see it mixed with a profound understanding of the problems that BlackBerry and Nokia were having connecting to the customer. The Symbian operating system. I had a Motorola Razor before I had my iPhone, and it was really tricky to get your photos out. It had a nice camera, and you could click away, but getting those photos onto your Macintosh was was not so easy. And you had this fixation on the mechanical keyboard. And what I see that is, is some sort of 
well, to put it this way, some sort of vector space, some sort of understanding of all the different components that were going wrong, a difficult-to-use operating system, an obsession with extra features that people don't use, poor battery life, not a low-power system, uh, inability to, to do basic things with your phone that you'd like to do. Um, and and if you, I can just imagine Steve Jobs sitting down with the Apple engineers and just sort of working through all these difficulties and saying, we're going to solve every one of those problems. And that's what the iPhone did. And I think that led to the demise of both companies. And I, what I can figure out is why they couldn't do the same kind of analysis. Back when Nokia was a king of the hill, they had plenty of money to look into these kinds of things. But, you know, having worked for Lockheed Martin, I know how difficult it is. You go up to a manager and you say, I need X dollars for this brilliant idea. And he says, eh, we don't really have that kind of money. And I'm not sure your idea is going to work. But isn't it also the fact that once a company is comfortable doing something in a certain way, to tell them, no, that's wrong. You've got to do it differently. Look what's going on here. Despite the fact that companies in the tech area continue to fail routinely, you're right. Every company feels like its product is going to last forever because current popularity predicts future success, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> well, that's what Microsoft, I guess, was hoping, and it hasn't worked out that way. Yeah, yeah. Windows forever. And a day. All right, let's move on to more fun things. And, and my apologies to the Microsoft people for being so blunt, but that's my opinion. That's the way it is. All right. Article you did with a Mac Observer. Now, a lot of us have used iPads for a number of years since they first came out in 2010, the various models. And now you're saying three weeks with an iPad Air, a whole new experience. Now, how is three weeks with an iPad Air, which is almost a tongue twister, a whole new experience except in tongue twisting? Well, let me start with the idea that it, there was a long gap from uh, the spring of 2012 when the iPad 3 came out, which we all snapped up because of the retina display. And then in the late fall of 2012, Apple shipped the iPad 4, as we called it, with the lightning connector and, and a better processor and, and some cleanup stuff. And then we went all through the summer of 2013 and we moaned and we groaned, you know, when is the iPad 5 coming out? And more to the point, what will the iPad 5 have that's different? Oh, yeah, and we figured we're going to find out all that stuff in our next segment with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer and the Street. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? 
Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for 129000 You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg.
John Martellaro is going to tell us after all those expectations for the new iPad. We had number three, we had number four, and now number five is not called number five. Right. And we didn't see that coming because innovation is usually something that's new and unexpected. And so while everybody was whining about Apple not showing any innovation in the summer of 2013, Apple was hard at work figuring out how to make the iPad 9.7 inch feel lighter, be lighter, have a trimmer bezel, a serious weight reduction, and yet still have the same 10 hour battery life, which meant great attention to power savings. Uh, And Apple's already the expert on low power mobile processing. And so Apple was taking these hits. Where's the innovation of Apple? What's going on? Where's our iPad 5? And then while we were waiting for the iPad 5, people were going, well, what's going to be special about the iPad 5? Well, sure, it's going to have a faster processor. We didn't see 64-bit coming. Uh, it's still going to have a retina display. There's no way Apple's ready to go to you know 3K or 4K on a 9.7-inch screen. You know What kind of improvement is the iPad 5 going to have? Duh. And then when the iPad Air came out, then we, figured, then we saw what Apple was up to. And the whole thing is, is that when you, when you hold an iPad 3 or 4 in your hand, it's 1.4 and a half, 1.45 pounds, 23 ounces. It's, uh, and you put a case on that, you're talking about something that's pretty heavy. First thing you notice when you lift an iPad Air is, is it, it feels almost weightless. It's just a hair over 16 ounces. And like a lot of things in technology, the human effect is not linear with the weight. For example, you know, people like to do a little simple grade school math and they say, okay, it's 16 ounces. That's not a whole lot less than 23 ounces because the difference is only seven ounces. But that's not what happens. There's a psychological, physiological effect that is out of proportion to the percentage of weight loss. It's, it's a sort of a boundary condition. You reach a certain point where the iPad weighs, at that size, weighs a pound. And there's a whole new feeling you have. You go, wow, this is cool. This is different. This is the next generation. I love holding this. And the sensation you have is, I like this. This is innovation. You appreciate the work that Apple put into using thinner, fewer batteries to make it way less and yet still have 64-bit processing power and the same 10-hour battery life. If that's innovation, I'll take it every day. Okay. Now, we should point out here, to be serious about it, other than the 64-bit processor, other larger tablets have also been getting lighter. They have. I, th- I think that uh, when, you, when you look at that as a whole, that's, that's, an, uh, that's a desirable goal. The, the essence of a tablet is basically something that floats in the air, and it's a window to the Internet. You know, it's, it's almost like science fiction. You know, you get to the point where, you know, first it, it is, you know, so many millimeters thick and weighs so many pounds, and then it gets thinner and thinner and lighter and lighter, and then there's another breakthrough. And before you know it, it's like something from a science fiction film where you're holding basically a transparent piece of glass in your hand that weighs three ounces. And, and it's powered by, you know, a miniature zero-point field generator of some kind. Well, and, just as an example of competition. 
The Kindle Fire HDX is 8.9 inches, 8.9 compared to 9.7. It weighs 13.2 ounces, 13.5 ounces for the 4G version. So if you scale that up to 9.7 inches, it's in the right ballpark. Sure. What's the battery life? I don't know. I have to check the specs. I have to check too. Okay, it says 12 hours. Very good. That's Very more good. than the iPad Air, which is what, 10 hours? Right, right. Well, so on one hand, you know, the, if you're an Apple fan and you're an iPad fan, this the weight of the iPad Air is very important and feels like a whole new generation of device. When you start comparing it to other tablets, then you get into these various comparisons where you, uh, the comp- competitor has to you know roll out what they've got. You know, if it's a lower price. That's their that's Amazon's deal, but then they're not making much money, if any, on these. If it's lower power um, and battery life is good, the question is how much processing power. How does it feel in your hand? I know Dave Hamilton has a Kindle Fire HDX seven inch, and he thinks this display is pretty snappy, and um, he likes it, and he's going to be writing it up. Then you have to ask yourself, you know. Are you looking at just point comparisons? Okay, so it's lower price. It has about the same size screen. Those are the things that Amazon can point to. The 8.9-inch version, the HDX is 379 for 8.9 inches. So Apple being 9.7 inches at 499, that kind of scales up, right? Well, you can't really get into that because Amazon has tremendous liberty. You know, we know that Amazon is a company that is doesn't, typically show profits. They roll their profits right back into the company. Uh, they sell their uh, tablets uh, at cost, basically, uh, in order to be a front end to sales. Apple, on the other hand, has $150 billion in the bank because they sell products that people love that are profitable. And so they have to design the product to make money. Gross margins is what all the analysts look at whenever there's a quarterly conference call so it's apple's thing that they make money on their products and it's amazon's thing that they don't really make any money on the product what you have to look at is the total experience how it feels in your hand the display the operating system how capable it is you know the 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 amazon kindle fire that i reviewed last christmas uh, Kindle Fire HD was really geared towards being a e-reader and a personal shopping device, but it didn't have a whole lot of apps available for it. And that situation's improving. Browser and email wasn't good. If you tried to install Gmail on your Kindle Fire, there were mysterious problems. You could never get Google Mail to work. Why? Because those two companies are competitors. So you don't have those kinds of problems on uh an iPad, you can happily download the Nook app or the Kindle Fire app or the Google Play, and they all work just fine. So there's a lot of considerations uh, that people don't really think about when they see the TV ads that focus on the strengths and ignore everything else. Well, I'm going to give you a piece of information here. It's in an article from All Things D, and it includes an analysis of a research firm, CIRP about the Kindle. 
Now, one thing to let you know here is that, according to this estimate, Kindle owners spend about $1,233 per year on Amazon. Those who don't have a Kindle spend $790 per year. Question being, of course, is does that difference make up enough profit to cover what they don't make on the Kindle itself? And that's oh, I think it doesn't. I think it doesn't more. What is that? That's a four hundred and twenty. Yes, but that's not profit. That's gross sales. So you know you have to look at how much profit is that right. in those gross sales. Well, you know, and Amazon, we don't know. Amazon investors love them, and they continue to grow, and they seem to be doing things right. So, but I agree with you in terms of the iPad. The existing model is kind of too hefty for me. My wife is happy with it because she has a thick book-like case. And so she's used to it. She has her workflow. It's fine. To me, it's a little too big. I think the iPad Air sounds interesting to me. What I've been doing with the iPad Air is reviewing cases that are very light. Hopefully those in the six to seven ounce range. It comes in, that's another thing that's a threshold value. A case becomes a problem when it reaches a certain threshold weight, which I think is about in the six to eight ounce range. Then it starts to feel clunky again. So that's why TMO's been looking at um, light cases. And we found a really good one from McAllie that we liked and reviewed at TMO. And it comes in two parts. So the plastic back is just three and a half ounces. So if you want to just use that part, it hardly uh, adds to the, to the weight at all. Keeps the feeling of the iPad Air. Have you considered, and we'll take this to the next segment, cases that have built-in keyboards? Haven't looked at those yet. In the past, I've looked at the Bridge and the Logitech uh case uh, slash keyboards for the but uh because the ipad air is a different size there's going to be some reworking for these different keyboard cases i talked to the bridge people and they said they're looking at uh designing a new bridge for the ipad air and i can't wait to see that but it may take a while tech john martellero of the mac observer in the street i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health, and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We can see here that John Martellero likes the iPad Air. And now we have this story, which was also mentioned by the Wall Street Journal, so you got to take it seriously a larger 12.9 or 13 inch ipad like an ipad pro or something like that is this credible is this something that apple might do john i think they will um i was one of the people who uh, insisted that this i apple would produce a seven inch ipad in fact there is a macintosh web editor that owes me lunch i will not name that person why <laughs> because not? i Let's won that with it. no 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 uh and uh, so now i'm taking on anybody who wants to bet me the other day i asked jeff gammon at the mac observer you want to take me on on a 13 12.9 inch ipad and he says no no i've learned my lesson john <laughs> i kind of bet you on that the, re- the reason is because as i said in my article Again, it's not a question of linearity. It's not that a 12.9-inch iPad is 12.9 divided by 9.7 better because the display is bigger. When you reach a certain size iPad, new markets are open. You can do things that you couldn't do before. The the 9.7-inch iPad is a personal device. And one of the things I explored in my article was business, engineering, science, government and military uses for a 12.9 inch ipad retail displays look a little bit funky i've seen them in the mall especially in the makeup department where, where my wife buys her makeup and they have these ipads on display and they're just a little bit too small to really showcase what companies want to do and then there's military displays and there's data center displays where you have all these plasmas and and stuff like that and and you could easily you know mount securely so that it won't be stolen uh, a bigger display uh, of an iPad. And and then there's the military uses for, you know, maps. You lay it out on the table, you know, and, and work up your strategy. Can't really do that on a 9.7. It's too small for people to gather around and look at. It's a personal device. So I, I think there's plenty of opportunities. Uh, one of the things I mentioned, well, here's the, here, here was the list. Uh, maps for the military, publication and layout, computer-aided design. Yeah. Can't do that on nine. Point of sale terminals, 
uh, scientific visual visualization, 4K video editing. If you, Rene Ritchie at, at iMore explored whether a 12.9 inch iPad is big enough to go to 3K or 4K, because when you blow up the pixels to 12.9 inches at, at current 2048 by 1536, it's not retina anymore. So that's something like only 180 pixels per inch. So if you want to get back to the retina level, you have to go to 3K or maybe even 4K. And so you can do things there like really amazing visual games. And then you've got training ability. You've got retail store displays. You've got shipboard displays and, and, and status displays everywhere um, uh, in, in hotels and airports and things like that that are more easily readable by people. So I think there's huge opportunity for that. And and of course, the other thing you got to consider is, is that competitors look at Apple and they say, okay, what's the weakness in Apple's product line? Where are the holes? We can fill that quickly and cash in. And so uh, Apple has to kind of size that up and figure out whether they think the competition is going to go after them and a hole in the market. And uh, in addition to all the good reasons why you'd want to have a larger iPad, um, competitive reasons come into play. Now, some people will argue that it's not very portable, but my, I counter that if you want mobility, you want to throw it in your briefcase, go on a business trip, then you know you use a seven or a nine inch iPad. But these displays are something that are semi-mobile. You know, you use them in a production studio in a magazine uh, office space. You pick it up and you move it into your boss's office for a demo, take it back to your workspace and put it on a special stand and prop it up. So it's semi-mobile. It's not something you get on an airplane with unless you really wanted to. Well, look, I've used a 17-inch MacBook Pro on an airplane. So let's yeah. put it in that perspective. Sure, sure. Does this become the notebook replacement for the Mac? Can uh, it become the notebook replacement for the Mac? That's the big question. In the future, maybe, because larger screens imply taking a bigger bite out of the PC world. You know, through cannibalism and the post-PC era, Apple intends to, you know, make the, the normal PC even less uh, attractive. But that's not going to happen for a while because, as Tim Cook has said, you know, there's still things you can do in Mac OS, I'm sorry, in OS X um, with Mavericks and future operating systems that you can't yet do on a tablet. For instance, uh, I mentioned in the article, a larger screen suggests more productivity. It suggests multiple apps running at the same time, and that suggests data sharing. And that's a little tricky in the sandboxed world of a secure iPad. But wouldn't so, Apple have to consider that? Also, just the ability to run two apps side by side, which you can do already in Android. Sure, sure. And I think that's coming. One of the things you've seen through the history of Apple is, is that they come out with something that's simple, direct, positive, and productive and friendly for the individual. And then later they use it as a foundation and grow. And what a lot of observers tend to, the trap they fall into is saying what Apple's doing now is what they're going to do forever and ever. And, and, and that's not true. Apple always grows and, and they always move the state of the art forward. And you can bet that larger iPads will, will be uh, more productive and, and Apple will do what it takes to make these things more productive by cleverly figure, figuring out through, you know, exceptions and, and, and other tricks, uh, how apps can share data and, and allow you to achieve that kind of productivity you can do in a 
Unix operating system like OS X. Of course. Well, of course, in a sense, also, iOS it's like is remaking too. the personal computer, remaking the Mac in a totally new environment with a new class of apps, more efficient apps because these apps have to be designed to work well in a much lower resource environment. You think of all the inefficiencies in apps on the Mac, and now you've got to build them all over again and offer new features, different features, get out, get rid of the stuff that we don't need. It is a remaking of the personal computer. It is, and that's something that Microsoft hasn't quite figured out yet. They just think offer Windows in a different configuration. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, and and make sure that there's a keyboard attached for all those people who want to, you know, do work on a, on a tablet. The, Apple has instantiated as this classic essence of a tablet. A tablet is light and thin. You carry it around. You touch it. Uh, you don't. You typically use a keyboard unless you're a writer and you have. You know, you want to sit there in your easy chair at a desk with a Bluetooth keyboard, but Apple has defined the essence of a keyboard. One of the things I like to ask in my articles, have you ever seen Jean-Luc Picard or Giorgio de la Forge in Star Trek attach a keyboard to their tablets? No, you never did. And by and the I'm way, not... listen to what Scotty said <laughs> in the movie Star Trek for the Voyage Home. When he was going to produce the data to how to build transparent aluminum on the first-generation Mac, one of the first product placements from Apple. And he's ready to sit down at it. He picks up the mouse, and he says, Computer. And then the guy in attendance, the engineer or something, says to him, No, do it with this, in so many words. He points him to the keyboard, and he says, How quaint. Yes. It's, it's a paradox. Science fiction both inspires us and sets the, the tone, but we can't always um, submit to the idea that it's defining. But what Apple did what, that was brilliant was took these, these futuristic scenarios um, and, and created the futuristic classic concept of what a tablet ought to be. And that means you don't have a lot of ports. And that means you don't have uh, a keyboard attached to it by design um and it's uh it's, it's, it has certain characteristics it's thin and light and you don't really want to be you know messing around with complex apps like word that's the whole reason why iWork exists is because the iWork suite is the outward manifestation of how you operate a productivity suite on a tablet and by the way I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Good day. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources. December 4th, 2013. Gold opened this morning at 1227.10. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1272.15, 636.08 for a half ounce, or 318.04 for a quarter ounce. That's 1272.15, 636.08, and 318.04. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $34.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift, or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health, and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. 
we can talk a lot about iWork and how Apple stripped maybe too many features off it, but those will be coming back. But they're showing Microsoft the way, which is not, again, what features to add, but what features to take out, which is, of course, what Phil Schiller said. Is that right, John Martellaro? That's right. That's right. Apple has a history of, of, of defining elegance through simplicity and through a graceful integration of um, hardware and software. Although, you know, it, it was a little tricky at first getting data into the iPad through iTunes. That was a rather shaky process. But as we know, as, as, as time goes along, Apple figures out better and better ways to solve these problems. What, what happens is you have a vision and you have a concept of what you want to do. And you start with that and you stay true to that idea. In staying true to the concept of the tablet, you create secondary problems getting data in and out and sharing. If you were to solve those problems in a blunt force way, you'd lose the essence of what a tablet is. And so there's a paradox there. You have to kind of wait until time and technology and innovation and engineering engineering can solve those problems while you stay true to the vision of what the essence of a tablet is. That's how I see it. All right. But do you see what I'm getting at? This for most people, I said most people, not all, will be good enough for most of their tasks. Yeah, you know, at the current time, I worry about all those people who are, you know, 40 years old or older who grew up uh, with their Macintoshes and have a, a huge legacy of, of data on their Mac towers, and, and uh, they're trying to back it all up and manage it. And there is some issue about whether a, a tablet right now can handle all of the, the workload associated with managing a home network and, and data a system that, you know, storage on time machine drives or RAID 5 devices and things like that. Uh, one of the questions I always have in, in my mind is, as, as young people come along, will they ever miss some of this older technology, the, the cool things you can really do with, uh, you know, a naked Unix operating system as opposed to a kind of covered up operating system, Unix operating system that iOS is. But maybe what, ha- what Apple's doing is they're kind of letting things go along in time. And the OS 10 will continue to serve us in that area until iOS and the iPad and the phones mature to the point where it can carry the load to do all the heavy lifting of everything we need to do. We're sort of in that transition era right now. So you have to, you can't get too wild and crazy about it. You have to sort of assess that in the future, our tablets will get bigger, they'll get better, they'll be more powerful, they'll be more productive. Right now, we still need our Macs, we still need our Ray devices, we still need family storage, we still need you know, heavy-duty email client apps, and we still, we still need our OS X. It's an it's a evolving process. But the key here is that Apple at least seems to understand how to make it evolve, which is That's- Microsoft's biggest problem. Right. That's why iOS and OS 10 are, are not going to merge anytime soon. And, and you're right. As, we, as, we, as Apple guides us through that elegant transition from Windows and, and, and Mac into tablets, you have to be wise about how to do that. Apple clearly shows that it knows the way forward. Um, Microsoft got stuck when it decided that it wanted to have Windows as its mobile operating system. Gee, I wish Apple, I wish Microsoft had gone with Courier. That looked like such a cool concept. 
and it wouldn't have detracted from Microsoft sales. It would have added to Microsoft sales. It would have given people enthusiasm about Microsoft seeing the way forward and given, given customers a choice. But I think Microsoft was scared that people would glom on the courier and embrace it and want, want Microsoft to continue to evolve it and grow it and that it would uh, harm their windows and office sales. But, you know, you got to compete with yourself or somebody else will. That's what Apple does. Apple doesn't mind if you buy an iPad and you don't buy a Mac. That's okay. That's kind of to be expected. But are we seeing, therefore, as we look to the trend, that five years from now, maybe there will still be a Mac, and most likely there will be, but sales as a percentage of Apple's gross will be a lot less? Well, you could make that argument, but my, I counter by, by saying, look at the new Mac Pro. That's sort of like a line in the sand by Apple and saying, no, we understand that there are customers out there who want, you know, the, the basics of the, of the exposed Unix operating system. And they want great power for science and for uh, movie editing and, and research. So all those people who thought that OS X was going to go away or merge through iOSification. Uh, is all undermined by Apple's marvelous commitment to OS X, instantiated in hardware with the Mac Pro, don't you think? Well, I think you're still seeing a fairly small audience. I think a lot of people who bought Mac Pros are now doing just fine with the 27-inch iMac fully outfitted with memory and everything. Yes, there is a section of people for whom that's inadequate and will always be inadequate. But what we're seeing here is different areas of the market moving down that's true but but i would wager with you that five years from now in 2019 i'll be able to go into an apple store and buy a third generation mac pro with os 10 10 10.15 if i want to and compute merrily away and do research and have a beautiful 40 inch 4k display and and build games and uh and do visual, scientific visualization, I'll bet you. Call me in 2019. <laughs> I will if I'm still here. I'll call you in 2019. If you're okay. still here, we'll have a debate over it, and we'll see what happens. I am not wedded to this. Now, there's another thing here I guess we could move into, and that is a story you did for the street. And here's where you're trying to educate people more about Apple who don't understand what's going on. So we talk about Apple's Tim Cook is not required to entertain us. And maybe that goes to the fact that we regarded a Steve Jobs keynote as entertaining. Is that it? Part of it? I think that's uh, part of it. We were fortunate to have Steve Jobs, and he was a great entertainer. He was a great spokesperson. He was uh, charming, and he was clever, and uh, we hung on every word that he said. But we shouldn't let our immersion in television and movies and entertainment sway us and the reason i feel that way is because of my military background um i have seen many occasion where there were uh charming uh military leaders who were uh, who moved on and they were beloved and and respected and uh in the military you're always moving on to new assignments and moving up you know, often, and sometimes your executive officer or another officer takes over. 
And there's vast differences in the personalities of military officers who are leaders. And Just, by the way, they don't star in TV interviews. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey Water Filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey Water Filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey Water Filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Whey and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Whey, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Whey, 
I rode 10 days in a row in over 100 degree heat, and then I'd take another two servings of One World Whey, and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Whey comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. And we're discussing the fact that obviously when you change CEOs, it's not done because they're appearing on The Voice or one of those star search kind of shows ceo talents are many it's more than just being a public spokesman steve jobs made it uh, his business to be an effective and powerful spokesman for apple and apple succeeded uh, partly because of that but going back to the military analogy i was talking about before Sometimes when the new guy comes along, the new guy is a little different. You know, there's different Myers-Briggs personality types. Uh, maybe the new guy has talents that are different, orthogonal to, supplemental to the talents of the original leader who was beloved. He, he is exceptionally good at, at strategy. He's uh, very aware of the mechanics of the ship, for example, or the aircraft. And um, you saw in Star Trek, uh, Captain Kirk, he was very familiar with his ship. He knew how to, you know, get under the the hardware and and and, and along with Spock, cross wires and insert the extra electronics and to, and to put his ship into working condition. Uh, in the CEO area, you have to understand the business. You have to understand your supply chain. You have to be able to you know, manage employees you have to understand your technology and have appreciation for it you have to be able to make decisions about directions you want to go you have to make decisions about finances and investment there's all sorts of things you have to do as a ceo being a public spokesman is just one of those facets and you can be a very effective ceo and do everything right manage the company well and not necessarily be a really great uh, spokesperson not be particularly articulate and Tim Cook falls into that category. He's been under the tutelage of Steve Jobs for over a decade. He loves the company. He loves the products. He understands the technology. He's inspired by the vision of Apple. He knows the company very well. He just can't seem to get his words out without being gravelly and awkward. And we shouldn't hold that against an effective CEO. We shouldn't say, well, you know, I've, I was watching an actor on TV last week, you know, Kevin Spacey, and he was giving a really good speech. And wow, he was really good. Of course, the guy's a paid actor. He's excellent at being a public speaker. You have to listen to Kevin Spacey because he once played Lex Luthor. Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Well, we get our wires crossed. You know, we, we confuse actors and entertainment with the conduct of American business. And my argument is, is that when that new commander comes in or that new CEO comes in, 
measure them by their effectiveness, by the job they do, how well they take care of their employees, by how well they're keeping the gears of the company flowing. When Tim Cook does a keynote, he knows that he has a certain role to play. And when it's time, Phil Schiller comes out, who's a very good speaker. And Craig Federici comes out, and he's a very good speaker. So, so Tim Cook knows that you know he's sort of like the master of ceremonies. He's Ed Sullivan. <laughs> oh, I'm serious, because Ed Sullivan was not such a great entertainer. But he also introduced some of the greatest acts of our time he knew on how to show. recognize talent, right? And, and, you know, Tim Cook made the big and important decision to let Scott Forstall go because it was causing friction within the company. And now everybody's working together a little better. So my take is, is that Tim Cook has been very effective. Uh, new products like the iPhone 5S and the iPod Air and the Mac Pro have been introduced under him. The company continues to make lots of money and people are standing in line for their products. And they've got initiatives with iBeacon and, and mobile payments. Uh, Apple's doing really a good job. And, and so uh, to be kind of whiny and say, well, gee, I'm not entertained during the keynote seems to fade into insignificance for me. Besides, do you remember that keynote two days later? Oh, well, I'm always looking at him. <laughs> I have to go back. Well, and I mean, if you're not analyzing each and every word, which yeah, is I part mean, of our profession. No, then you but I mean, it. the person who just happens to watch Apple and is interested in the products, and maybe they download the video, or if there's a live feed, they watch the live feed. No, they're not going to remember it. They're going to remember the product that they're after. That's it. Yep. Besides, I think Tim Cook is smoother now than he was when he started. He's practicing. You can see that he's been taking some lessons or has, has some tutelage. Uh, yeah, he started off really rough. In fact, I wrote an editorial a long, long time ago when, when Steve was very sick. And I, and I asked, you know, whether Tim Cook should make a conscious decision to fade into the background and just be an administrative CEO and let some other person be a spokesman. I even suggested, as some other people did, that maybe Apple should consider as a lot of companies have in the past, you know, picking some famous actor to be the public face of Apple, somebody who is who is very smooth. Jeff Goldblum came to mind. Well, of uh, course, remember with this country, we did Ronald Reagan. Think about it. You know, whether you agree with his politics or not, he was a, an actor. He used the skills that he had developed as an actor to be an effective politician. Nothing wrong with that. Heck, you got to use what you got. All right. We have a segment in the third left with this episode with John Martellero. So let's look at the 2014 wish list. What shall we see? I'll leave it open for you, John, to come up with something. And if you fail to come up with a couple of things, I'll bring it up. So 2014. I started with the idea that uh, technical predictions are kind of passe. Nobody does it anymore because you know, you're almost always wrong and it's the height of arrogance. And then, and then trying to adamantly insist on what Apple has to do is a little on the obnoxious side because you're not an insider and Apple knows what it needs to do and they go do it. But I didn't mind telling everybody what I hope Apple will do in 2014. And my hope is, is that Apple will uh, move on with some of the products that they've been talking about, but not delivering. Tim Cook has talked to Brian Williams and the Wall Street Journal about Apple's keen interest in television. And we expect from that Apple to 
do something about our television watching experience because we know what they can do and we have high expectations. And so, so what I wrote was, is that spring or summer of 2014 is a really good time for Apple to kind of get the first version out and nail this and move on with high definition television with ultra high definition 4K to change and improve our TV viewing experience, take advantage of their special technologies and, and, and uh, get rid of uh, some of the annoyances of the current Apple TV product, like punching in passwords with a remote. Um, you know, and maybe facial recognition on the screen, getting control of the feed, uh, picture in picture. Isn't Touch ID on the remote sufficient? Well, not for entering um, passwords where, you know, that matrix of, you know, what I like to do is I'd have, like to have some sort of motion detector where I can wave my hand and see an image of my hand on the screen and then just press a key. And my, when, I, when I touch my finger in space, the finger on the screen touches the, the uh, key and I can just snap through, you know, passwords and stuff like that. Or better, as I wrote for the street, uh, you know, talk to Siri and say, Siri, I've got this new Apple TV, but it doesn't have Netflix. I don't have Netflix account. I don't know what to do to get Netflix going on my new TV. Can you help me out? And Siri says, yep, I can use your Apple credentials to create an account at uh, Netflix and I'll email your new password and your user ID and uh, I'll use your uh, Apple credit card if you, with your permission and I'll sign you up to Netflix. And by the way, what do you want to watch? And in a few seconds, you know, you're, you're watching Sherlock Holmes on your new Apple TV. So, Or you're watching Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. On there's it. all sorts of things you can do. And I think it's time for Apple to get on with it because they've been talking about it for so long. And, and I think if Apple waits any longer than the summer of 2014, there's going to be just a lot of demoralization. And it's going to be kind of like unseemly. So that's something I wish that Apple would just get on with and nail down and get out there. It's time. And, and my wish is, is that Apple was doing all the hard work all along, just like they did with the app, iPad Air. And now it's time to come to fruition. We'll see. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer back for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds. 
that are open pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, John Martellaro suggesting it's time for Apple to get with it with a new TV set. All right, I want to ask you about some specifics here. Ultra HD 4K. Now, there are some sets out there right now. I saw a $29.99 Samsung 55-inch Ultra HD at Sam's Club. Okay. The big problem, actually two problems, is that unless you have a very large screen TV and you're viewing it fairly close, you don't see much of a difference between 4K and regular 1080p HD. That's number one. Number two, there's no content for it. And if there was content to stream, it would require higher bandwidth that may be more than some people have. What's Let me address reaction? those issues in order. Uh, first of all, I've seen a 4K TV with uh, good content being delivered off a hard disk. 
and standing a meter away from it, I could see that it was clearly better than my plasma. But we don't sit a meter away from our TVs mostly. Well, we will when we're doing uh, video editing on our uh, Mac Pro or... Yes, but in the living room, you're what, 8, 10 feet away? People vary on that, uh, you know? Um, Some people like to sit far back, some people like to sit close, especially in smaller quarters. I, I think... I think 4K has a has a has a future because under the right conditions, it's clearly better than than 1080p, and people are going to want something that's better. In terms of delivery, uh, you say there's no content for it. That's going to come. Sony's already creating 4K content. If you buy a Sony 4K TV, you pick the movie you want, and it's downloaded overnight. And you don't watch it streaming. It's downloaded in the background, and when it's ready to go. It, you know, then you watch it. I suppose there will also be 4K type Blu-ray disc media stuff uh, like that. Well, I, I've I've read about it a little bit. I know Redbox uh, and uh, Sony all have devices that allow you to get on the net. I think this is an opportunity to go forward with uh, internet based. When we look at compression, uh, yeah, it's going to be really hard for somebody who has. DSL and one and a half megabits per second, they're going to be out of luck. I mean, even five megabits per second isn't going to be so great. I don't know what Ultra HD requires. I, I know that a, a good 720p or 1080p signal, you should have about five megabits per second. And I'd hate to see the industry, you know, go overboard with excessive compression, which would, you know, destroy the the value of 4K. So the industry is going to work that out and try to figure out what the best customer experience is. And right now, I think it's internet instead of plastic. And I think it's background downloads instead of streaming for now. And I think next Christmas, Christmas of 2014 is going to be the pivotal point where you can go into Costco and buy a really nice 50 or 55 inch 4K TV for 1995. All right, we think it's going to get there. I know Vizio, which makes lower-cost TVs of pretty decent quality, they have a line of 4K sets coming out. Okay, we look at the mythical Apple 4K TV set. Now, what about the Apple TV, the set-top box? That becomes also something with 4K support? Oh, definitely. I think one of the reasons why Apple went to 64 bits on the a7 my just my guess i don't have any technical data or anything is is that uh, apple had plans for the hardware in input inside the current apple tv product and uh and and the 4k tv see one of the differentiations i make is is that an apple tv which is the current product is a box and it delivers a signal to a, a third-party tv so you know, you don't have any control over the video signal after the signal is delivered to the TV, you know, the HDCP encryption. After that's done on the TV side, there's nothing more you can do with the signal. So there are limits with that. And one of the fantasies I have or a wish, you know, I don't have any hard and fast technical reason for it, but I would wish that Apple would produce, in addition to a next generation Apple TV product with a 64-bit A7 or A7X, is their own TV display because then you can seize control of the signal on the other side of the encryption. And you can do cool stuff with that too. And uh, I think that may be part of the fascination of the TV because then you compare it to the dumb TVs that are out there and, you know, they all get their signal and they just display it. 
you know, <laughs> it depends on what source is coming. But when Apple has control of the TV, it's all sorts of cool things you could do. Like, for example, one of those like, stories I like to tell is, is that you have, you know, this hand cursor and you can put a virtual image of your fingers on the screen and you enable this cursor and you're watching a movie. And instead of having to sit with an iPad in your lap and go to International Movie Database, you just put your finger on the actress's face and it says, oh, yeah, that's Amber Heard, you know, and it just loves a little, little yellow pop up, you know, so you can always figure out who the actor is in a movie or, you know, or that's uh, some other actor in an old movie. And Apple combines facial recognition with IMDb database. And okay, control I can see, for video example, feed. the wacky red haired lawyer on The Good Wife is really married to Michael Emerson. Let's move on because we only have a few minutes left. Sure. We obviously have as part of your wish list, okay, the 13 or 12.9 inch larger iPad. Very quickly, iWatch, what do you think? Um, I think that there's room in the market for a fashionable watch that looks smart, can easily replace uh, any wristwatch that you may have that does something smart and is useful and it shouldn't cost too much and it should be should not necessarily be slaved to the iphone in your pocket it should be a standalone device has wi-fi knows how to talk to iBeacons, knows how to get your time from a time standard it can notify you if you get a phone call on your on your iphone that's in the other room say uh so that you don't miss a phone call why can't it be a small phone well, because you got battery power considerations, you know, um, you don't want to have a, a, a watch that is required to be plugged in every night to your computer. That's not a good user experience. Apple will have to balance the utility of the watch versus the power consumption, just like they did with the original iPad. Remember, the original iPad couldn't keep time because they wouldn't, they didn't have a, a, a NTP client in the iPad that could correct. Because it was going to, it was going to wake up and use battery power and go to sleep and correct your clock. And so, it wasn't until later that that Apple had good enough battery power to actually let the clock in the iPad uh, be corrected. So it's going to be a fine line here. You want a device that only has to be charged once a week. It does some modest things. It's very smart. It, it has a maybe it can do a Bluetooth LE connection to your Mac and log you on through an encrypted link. Uh, maybe it can authorize a, a sale in a department store if you left your iPhone at home to iBeacon. It'll tell you the time and the weather. It's going to do a discrete number of useful things, especially health-related things like monitoring your heartbeat and body temperature and things like that and, and for exercise. So there's going to be a specific suite of things that make it whole is more than the sum of the parts. You like it. It's pretty. It's, it's useful. It's not too expensive. It's not going to be the price of an iPhone, you know, $400 or something like that. You can just go out and buy it and give it as a gift and it works by itself and it helps you. That's my concept. Okay. We only have a few seconds left. I'll just tell you one of his other comments in the article he did about the New Year's wish list for Apple is number 10 about investor savvy, which is mostly that investors will begin to understand Apple. And my response, and I don't want to get into more detail right now. We don't have the time. My response is... It would be nice, but don't bet on it, John. <laughs> I think you agree with me there. John Martellaro, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I am Senior Editor for Analysis and Reviews at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. And you can find us on Twitter, where we are known as Tech Night Owl. 
with Tech Night Owl on Twitter. And of course, if you want to find me, I'm Gene Steinberg, even on Facebook. And if you find me with the plaid shirt, that's me. Look for the picture. Don't scream too loudly. You can also check out our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week, we're featuring David Roundtree, who measures paranormal phenomena, including the possible presence of ghosts. He measures it, folks. He's an audio engineer, and he measures all this stuff. We'll check it out at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. John Martellero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It was a pleasure. See you next time. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.